Welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Gabe. I'm here, my psychic is here. Here. And so is our guest. Let's get started. Who do we have today? Today we have one amazing man, Marcus Bell, on our show. Looking forward to hearing about his journey in the entertainment industry as a songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, author, you know, the list goes on. Not to mention he's worked with some of the biggest names in the industry. Absolutely. But before we get started with the show, we have to give a shout out to our sponsors, Fade Life Clothing and BCK Online. Fade Life Clothing is a unique clothing line out of Atlanta, Georgia, geared towards those who love intoxicating style. And BCK Online is a digital online magazine that keeps you in the know, up to date on the lives of young entertainers, entrepreneurs, rising stars, parents, and much more. All right, go grab your snacks, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Marcus, welcome to the show. We are glad you could join us for an episode of Just Talk with Gabe. Oh, well, thanks for having me on the show. I, I look forward to jumping in the conversation with you. Thank you for being on. I know our listeners want us to dive right in, so let's get into it. You are a music producer, a best-selling author, and among many other things. How did you get started in the music industry? Yeah, well, I got started in the music industry when I was two years old. So, yeah, so I've, I've been in the, in it practically literally my entire life. So it started off with piano and, uh, and they, they would sit me at the piano on top of phone books uh, when I was two. And I just remember sitting there and, you know, trying to figure out the notes and, and everything. And I would had this ability to just be able to focus for long periods of time. And I think that's what we will try on um, piano. Uh, so they got the piano from my grandmother's house and, and um, brought it in to our house. And yeah, so I, I started then and then they put me in formal piano lessons. And, and so I was a bit of a, a child prodigy. Wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to play. Yeah. Oh, you play you play piano? No, I I would love to. <laughs> oh, you would you would love to. Okay. I oh, I thought you were saying you you love to. <laughs> you know, I would I like play by ear. I can't read a note to save my life. And I can, but and I'm, can, I'm out of practice though. But he's out of practice, so it's so funny. I I can mimic what people play. And he laughs at me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well well listen, being able to mimic is uh kind of the first level of uh, i would say creative self-expression because you know it, it starts with imitation and then it goes to emulation you're able to sound a little something like a thing and then the step after that is innovation where you're able to sound like yourself and so yeah it is yeah yeah and so so if you look at it from that lens you know you're you're at you're at a stage where you can actually go to the next level and maybe you can play similar to something that sounds like something. So, so I remember I was to produce uh, music. I kind of uh, started listening to a lot of different productions, right. And different genres. Right. And so, so my first sound like whatever production. And at the time um, my first check that I received for, for making music was when I was uh, 
eight years old. And wow. um, yeah, and someone had hired me to replay a Whitney Houston song that they couldn't find the sheet, the uh, karaoke to. And so that was my first music production. I was like, oh, and I'll never forget. It was for $120. Oh, no, and, I, cool. and I was like, what? I can make money? Just like, it sounded like some, something else, <laughs> somebody else. And awesome. yeah, yeah. And so all that to say, if you have a, an ability to imitate, you can actually have a, have a, a, a big music career. Um, because if you think about things like, uh, like kids bop, I don't know if you, if you mm -hmm. heard of yeah. kids, kids bop, right. Oh, that's yeah. all, that's all about imitation, right? If you listen to the music in kids bop, yeah. it's all, so whoever's producing that music is straight trying to imitate, <laughs> you know, whatever the, the hit record is. And so there are people that make their living by imitation. That's true. And so see, true. now you may never laugh at me again. Ha. Yeah, I still will. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Tell us, who are some of your favorite artists that you've worked with? Yeah, well, I've I've been just so very fortunate to work, work with a lot of different artists. Um, some that um, even that I have not met before. <laughs> uh, just wow. The way the the you know uh, collaboration can happen now, you know you could collaborate with someone, and I've collaborated with people in different countries and 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 never met them in person. And so, uh, so for for me, because I've been in music so long, you know, I was a, a church musician, like a minister of music at a church when I was nine, and so there was like all singers and, and churches. So I, I used to be uh, playing a Presbyterian, a Baptist, a Pentecostal church, a Kojic church, a black, oh a black Catholic church in New York. So I've a lot of voices. And then when I went to Berklee School of Music, you know, here you have uh, some of the, the best vocal talent, um, you know, from different parts of the world and singing in different genres, right? And so, so over, over my career, I've, I've worked with a lot of talented artists and, um, and some of the most talented you may have never heard of, right? Uh, you, and because what I, what I recognized uh, early, kind of early on and was that, wow, someone's talent versus their marketability can be two different things someone's yeah. uh, recognition of, okay, wow, you know, that's why you hear, you know, singers, you may be, if you're a listener, you may be one of those singers that say, wow, you know, I, I can sound as good as anybody on radio, right? Or I can sound right. as good as anybody on, on Spotify. You know, why is it that I can't, can't, you know, get on or make it in the music industry or be able to support myself with with my music. And it all comes down, uh, as far as I can tell, to the articulation of value, how you're able to articulate your musical value to a public, build an audience so that audience can receive that value that you have with your creativity and, um, and recognize that 
it's not about your talent. It's about your ability to connect with that audience and have that audience become fans, have that audience in your praises, to have that audience be able to uh, spread you, um, pay your way, <laughs> you know, right, the, right. the exchange of value uh, that that occurs not just in terms of economic exchange, but in terms of attention exchange. Huh, that's pretty interesting. Actually, leads into the next question. What do you hope that people would take away from your music? What do I hope that people take away from my music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the way I create music is through different lenses. One lens uh, that I create music through is for my own uh, emotional well-being, right? Right. So I can, so I can, you know, I I think about all the songs that I've written when my heart was broken, right? You know, my heart is broken, and I, you know, my only or one of the only ways of express myself and I'm, I'm working on other ways like being able to to articulate those <laughs> those emotions but <laughs> but uh because music has just been like breathing for me um you know it's, it's it runs in my my veins it's, it's like part of of my um my inner capacities as a human my expression of emotion happens through music so um so i'm i'm able to channel feelings that I have into the music. So that's one modality of that musical expression. And so as that relates to people getting something from that music, people may resonate with what I'm communicating musically in in the lyrics or in the tone of the music or the emotions of the music or, you know, um, my uh, doing the best I can to vocally express it. Right. So that's one that's one modality. And then the other modality is kind of music for purpose. So music for purpose being like, okay, well, actually I'm going to create a song, the club party to, or be able, people to be able to bob their heads to in a car or, um, you know, people being able to have the ability to just relax to the music. So for their ability to, get motivated by it. So like uh, my album, the Unstoppable album, what my intention behind that album was to create kind of a motivational album where whoever listens to it, they their spirits get uplifted, right? And, right. and for myself, right? Like, okay, this is going to be some anthemic music that will get me going like before I get on stage, before I walk into a meeting and all of that. But let me... Uh, have this album be like that for, you know, for a fan base, for listeners, for whoever discovers it. So, so, and how, you know, you've attained the thing that you've been targeting is when you get that feedback. And I've gotten feedback from people that say, oh my gosh, I listened to the unstoppable album. I put, I put it on repeat when I'm feeling down. I listened to the, affirm- right. the affirmation that happens in the intro I've listened to that affirmation over and over and over again, and that's lifted my spirit. Or, oh, right before I go into meetings, I put on 
I'm unstoppable or make it happen. And I'm like bouncing in my car right before I walk into the office. And so, so that's the other modality, music purpose. And then, uh, then there's like music for request. So I've been in the recording sessions with artists and they're like, oh, uh, can you do something that sounds kind of like a Timbaland thing or something that sounds like DJ It kind of sounds like, and I used to, you know, because of that imitation thing that I did when I was younger, I could sound like any other producer, which is very handy. You're collaborating with other producers, right? (laughs) Right? Right? And so, yeah, so I could sound like anybody's production, basically, uh, you know, nationally, uh, since in the U.S. right now. Um, And so, so what ended up happening was I was in the studio with uh, this well-known artist across Europe, and her manager saw how fast I worked in the studio because uh, I've developed this ability to be able to, you know, uh, create something that could go to the radio from nothing to something that's on the radio in like four hours. Uh, wow. And so that's what. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> And so he's like, I haven't seen anybody work the way you do. And it ended up being able to do what it does in a marketplace. And you would do really well in TV and film. And so I said, well, okay. Okay, I hadn't thought about that. And he's like, well, can I come by the studio tomorrow and just, you know, sit down and do a listening session with you and maybe take some music and try and get it placed in TV and film? And I said, okay, yeah, sure. You know, come on by. So he came by. He stopped at 100. You know what? I'm going to stop listening right now with these 100 songs. Oh. Wow. 100 songs. That's yep. In so four long. hours? Well, he, 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 he stopped at 100. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't do 100 songs in four hours. <laughs> but okay. he... You know, he came by the studio and listened to, uh, you know, he was listening to my catalog and with the aim of pitching the music for TV and film. So he did do that. And he got my, my music placed on a bunch of TV shows and so forth. And then he ended up out of a major television network and reaching back out to me and saying, hey, do you want to do a network deal? And that threw me into the TV and film world. Uh, so nice. I've had music on Empire and, um, you know, a whole bunch of uh, different TV shows, maybe, you know, hundred or a couple TV shows. And so, that's so that started me along the pathway of, you know, I have all these friends of mine that are talented, some that were signed to major record labels, some that are out of their deals, some are were signed to major publishing companies, they're out of their deals and so forth. And now I have this connection to me and networks and production companies. You know, let me create a company to support artists in getting their music heard and placed. And so, um, and that's when I discovered that other modality. And that other modality is when someone has a scene or are trying to capture something in their film or TV, you know, they reach out and they say, hey, Marcus. Uh, you know, through my sales team, you know, can you create something 
you know, that'll work for this scene, or we are trying to go for this in this show, or we're, you know, trying to capture this moment in time. Do you have something or can you create something? And that's the other modality, being able to create for an environment, to create for an emotion in a, in a scene, an emotion in a film, capture that moment that set the backdrop and the tone for people to experience uh, from an entertainment level. That's amazing. I mean, I know in our in our intro, we say that you're kind of a jack of all trades. And you really are. And you really are. Yeah. I mean, you do. You seem like you do it all. And then, in addition to what you're doing in your music with your music company, you're also a best-selling author. Um, you have a book out, the Bell Ringer Branding Bible, mm -hmm. which hit number one on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about your book. So, um, that book actually was the work um, that I did with my with my mother who was my co-author on that book and it so I, I'll just give a little uh, backdrop so my my mother uh, was champion and played played in the wow. US open and so she was one of the first yeah, yeah she was cool. one of the first African American women to be in whites only uh, this, you know, tournaments back in the '60s, and so she toured the country with uh, the famous tennis player Arthur. She was a civil rights activist, but she was also uh, an incredible writer. So she wrote a book. She had a a, a newspaper called Spiritual Times uh, back in Virginia, and she would write grants. She just had this gift of being able to write, um, which which I learned a lot from her. So, you know, there would be like words in the bathroom on the mirror and, you know, and so, so expanding my vocabulary, like she really. And so I uh, recognized that there was a missing in the marketplace um, just based on my working with various artists over the years where there would be things that they would not know about how to put, themselves together right and put together and how right. to think about their music from a branding standpoint from a marketing standpoint and not only that these other standpoints so so we have started working on a bigger book that would be the book for recording artists right and so so we've been working on that for about five years um and we would speak every single week and she would basically interview me and get my opinion on different things and as i was experiencing things in the marketplace from you know doing licensing deals uh across the world with different companies to uh, having to tour and you know go on stage in front of forty thousand people to you know being in in a studio with buddhist monks to bhangra artists from india to you know like all of that um, all these different experiences and I connected with uh, this artist who uh, was my uh, is my is my business partner on a book publishing company, and she said, "Marcus, you gotta put a book out like now." I was like, "Okay, well, it's not, yeah. it's not, yeah. you know, it's not the main thing." So what we did was we took a chapter out of that bigger book, which is the branding bible book. Okay, and so really. Okay. It's a chapter. I was like, okay, well, actually, this probably makes sense for it to be bite, you know, kind of like a bite size 
that has a lot of value and has inside of it nested some things that will really help a recording artist really make it happen in their lives. So it's not just a book on branding. It's a, a it's a transformational or personal transformational book. And so so what ended up happening um so that that business partner her name is Shalita uh Shalita Burt and that book is one of the first books that has been able to be made available on the blockchain. Not this much. But this but uh, as an African-American book publishing company, to have the first book that can be bought on a blockchain is like a huge thing, <laughs> right? And so this was, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and and so, so that, that actually holds a lot of, you know, personal value because, you know, it's my mother passed away. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago in that book, you know, went number one yeah. uh, and she was able to experience that, you know, before she passed. Right. No, that's awesome. That's yeah, great. That she was great. able to experience that with you. Mm-hmm. You guys got a chance to celebrate that together. So, yeah. And so, so yeah, so, so that, that book and, um, and what I'll, I'll say, cause I, I believe in uh, specialization uh so so that mm-hmm. that you know master of of many things um there's a term for for that and that's polymath so i'm i'm a polymath and a polymath is someone that is able to excel in different disciplines and i didn't have this term you know un, un, until some some years back that okay that's what that is but usually what happens is someone excels first in one area so for me that was that was music uh-huh. right yeah. and and from a property background right. right but what happens with music music is so transferable things right and so the principles of harmony the principles of of you know how to use silence how to listen when you're in a group situation that can apply to leadership that can apply to business. So the, the, just the mechanics of music um, have transferable capacities and skills and uh, distinctions that can be transferred to other disciplines. Music is math, right? So uh, yeah, right? music is math. Music is place. Music is time, space. Music is interaction. So there are all these different aspects that music holds and captures that can can be uh, moved over into other things. And then from a business standpoint, because I, I started my first uh, company when I was, tr- I, I started a record label then. Um, oh my God, that's wow. cool. Yeah, and so so I've I've been a student of entrepreneurship um, and fortunately, I had some mentors and so forth to to guide my path. Um, and I, I constantly looking for with specialized knowledge in different areas that are, that are of interest. And uh, I really believe that you know every artist, every person, I mean, uh, forget artists, every human being uh, could really benefit from 
mentor of mentors that are mm-hmm. yeah are expert in particular things. So whether that so whether that's, that's a relationship, true. right? So someone that is really good at loving their wife, or or a wife that's really good at loving their husband, or a boyfriend is really good at or you know whatever your you know preference is, right? There's you know if someone right, has right. A, a sustainable happy relationship wow what a great mentor to to observe and be in conversation with right someone that's successful as an entrepreneur that's been able to to you know do seven figures eight figures or or you know uh, or billionaires like i have have some some uh, mentors that are billionaires that i learned from you know wow so these are the things that that you need to do in order to to uh to gain some facility around creating value and being able to monetize it and scale it and all of that type of thing. Right. So, okay. Same thing with music. Right. So I've had many. Uh-huh. And so, so all of that is very valuable. So, but it all first starts with a specialization in one area, do one thing, you know, kill it, <laughs> kill that one thing, like go right. Right. at that one right. thing. And then start to build other capacities because you've you've um, been able to create the, the discipline um, and the practices to actually excel and become expert in something. And it doesn't have to be for a long time. It just depends on on what it is. But that kind of focused, concentrated effort that allows you to be best in class. And then you can transfer those skills to other things. And, and that's kind of my, my my stance on it. So. Uh, so I don't want, you know, a listener to be confused like, oh, yeah, I do this. I do that. I do that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-uh. This, ev- everything has happened intentionally, right? And, um, you know, right. like that. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting because I don't know, does that, or did that concept or is being, um, you know, the type of person that you are, did that lead you to come up with the 100 Days Impact Challenge? Because it kind of sounds like that may or may not have been the foundation for the Impact Challenge. Yeah, well, the 100 Days Impact Challenge uh, came out of a group. So I I have a program called Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. Program supports uh, creatives, entrepreneurs, uh, people from influencers, even politicians, people from different walks of life. There are some teachers, there are some coaches, there are people that have courses and so forth that participate in Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. And Wealth and Impact Bootcamp is where people to share knowledge in a where people can take on the practices and take on uh, the distinctions uh, that I have in being in entertainment all my life and, and you know exploring all these different worlds all my life and be able to take uh, my knowledge and apply it into their lives and actually have that make a difference in their lives. And so uh, so that program is called Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. And so around election time, um, I, I do webinars every month uh, for that group. And I said, you know what? You know, you have the opportunity to elect yourself. You have the opportunity to elect your particular aims in life that you want to go for. And just like Biden and Harris started their first 100 days. Now, just historically, uh, there's a tradition. What first 100 
you know, happens to, to be the first hundred days in a presidency sets the tone for the presidency, right? So you know what kind of president is going to be in that first hundred days. The same thing applies to when you have an aim in your life. You can set yourself on a course in a hundred days to actually have that thing happen. Challenge that group to take on challenge. And then what ended up happening was just ridiculous. So a month later, I said, so how's it going? And one woman uh, came on and, and said, hey, I took on trying to lose uh, 20 pounds. I've already lost eight pounds and I have Lyme disease um, and my health has gotten better because of it. Another person wow. came on and said, Marcus, I can't even recognize myself. I, uh, I basically have raised money. I've never raised money before. I raised thousands of dollars. And next week I'm flying to Haiti. And there's kids and engineers waiting for me in Haiti for me to bring this money to help do a project in Haiti, a nonprofit project. Another person came on and said, Marcus, I stopped gigging. Uh, his name is Wolf. And he's like, you know, COVID hit me really hard because I was, you know, just making my money off of gigging. And then that shut down and I've, I haven't been playing. And so I took on going live on Facebook. Now, since he had been in that program and doing those practices, he has like 13,000 people following him. He's He's been doing, um, performing his songs every single day. And and, and I was just like, you know what? This is something that the public needs to have access to. Let me take this public and allow us, this structure that I created with my specialized knowledge on, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a student of behavior science and social psychology and psychology high and all of those things, right? So all of that is all of that uh -huh. is nested inside of the challenge. This is what made it different. What's nested inside are the practices of, you know, people that are uh, expert, that are high performers, that are, you know, making things big happen and impacting things in, in the world. And so the structure of the 100 Days Challenge provides that opportunity for people to have a community um, for people to have accountability and have a process and, and a course to look at to be able to design their 100 days towards the thing that's most important for their lives. That's pretty. Now, can people join in the 100 days? Absolutely. They want, absolutely. So, so the, the challenge is open for people to, to join at any time. Uh, all they have to do is go to 100 Days 2021 and they can register uh, for the challenge. And then there's an inner circle um, that I created where I bring in professional athletes. So uh, last week we, we had an Olympian, uh, um, a guy who, who was in the, the Olympics. I know a few Olympians. Uh, he came in and spoke. It was phenomenal. Uh, we had a, a woman that became dependent um, you know, in her late 20s and she's now in her 50s and, and she 
uh, came in and spoke about, you know, wealth. And before that, her name is Alicia Holm, Kira Gott, Dr. Kira Gott, who is a TED fellow and uh, a Wikipedian. She came and did a talk habits. So, so yeah, so it's an opportunity also for me to bring in friends and artists and people of these different disciplines you know, been able to to hang with and learn from and and also uh, give that in the 100 days inner circle. That's pretty cool. So in addition to all that you do, you're also an activist. So what social impact causes are near and dear to you? Well, you know, anything's when I, I'm I'm here in LA, you know, when I go to downtown, when I go to certain areas in LA, um, you know, my heart gets broken all the time, you know, just from homelessness, like seeing the homelessness. Um, my heart gets um, when I, I see people in pain, uh, when I see people struggling with, uh, you know, whether it's depression or struggling, you know, uh, or like there are so many different things, but uh, but one of the things that I'm kind of at work on, uh, you know, issues of of racism, the isms. Um, that's that's what that's yeah. what I'm really looking to transform is the isms, these isms that that create um, division, these isms that have. Uh, you know, people in this and so, so I, yeah. So if I could, you know, uh, use the, the, the breadth and depth of uh, my relationships and, and uh, knowledge and access to specialized knowledge towards something, say that, you know, ending racism. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would truly be mm-hmm. yeah. For example, truly be something. Yeah. Um, so I have a six-year-old daughter, and and uh, okay. me and my wife adopted her, and but she's been with us, you know, since she was, you know, like seven months old, and uh, and as an African American little girl, the lack of entertainment. Um, you know, cartoons, and I mean, there are some here and there, but there is an immersion of a world for kids that say you're not good enough. That's that 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 paint paint these yeah. you know fantasy pictures. Uh, even her her being a little girl, like no, there's not a white knight that's gonna come save you, <laughs> right? You know. There are these cultural <laughs> narratives that disempower women, that disempower, uh, you know, the African American community, and so I'm up to to impacting that. That's awesome. That would be, I'd be like throwing um, flowers and <laughs> petals in the air. So that would be amazing. On that note, we're going to go on a bit of a commercial break. Would you stay with us, Marcus? Sure, I'm. I'm here back? for you. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. 
Welcome back, guys. And if you have not downloaded the Anchor.fm app, do it. Do it and start making your podcast today. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Okay. So let's get into the next round of questions. Next round. I'm ready. Let's do it. Marcus, are you ready? All right. What is your favorite? My favorite city is definitely LA um, because it's very, it reminds me of Virginia because uh, I, I grew up in the Virginia area, like around the Virginia Beach area. I could drive to the beach, uh, but it's Virginia like in some ways mixed with an entertainment industry, <laughs> right? The capital industry mixed right, right. with. You know, I could go an hour and a half or two hours away and be in snow or be in the mountains. And so I, I love that aspect of L.A. Um, as well as, you know, just there are so many um, different communities and pockets of uh, activity in it that um, that, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, you know, I, I feel. So that's my favorite. This is I am in my favorite city. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, what is the craziest, most Gosh, daring thing? Uh, the craziest, most daring thing was dating six women at the same time. I realize that yes, I I am a you know one, you know I'm a I'm a serial monogamous uh, you know I, I believe in, in that but um, but yeah but that was a cra- that was crazy it was crazy yeah, okay. <laughs> it, that was crazy it was crazy, yeah, okay. it was crazy. Okay. and I learned a whole lot okay. in in doing that um, and actually I'm, I want to say something about that real quick. Um, where that came from, uh-huh. uh, I was just out of out of a long term relationship um, that I've been in for like five years, and I just arrived to New York, and I was reading this book, um, and I think it was it was Neil, um, and or some other um, relationship oriented book, and it said, you know, reach out to, like, to get yourself over fear of approaching people and and so forth find the most attractive person you know of the opposite sex or whatever that and try and and get their number and so Uh i was like oh wow i mean i've never done that before i'm i'm out of a relationship well let me just go try that right i'm in new york And, and so, so I would be in, in an environment where, you know, it would be like a lot of people and so forth. And, and, um, and I, you know, there was like, I'll never forget, I was on the train and there was a supermodel that entered the train. And, and I, um, and I saw her came, everybody saw her come in, <laughs> right? <laughs> Even though she was trying to hide out, right? So she, she, she had positioned herself, uh, kind of you know face or like so like trying to hide out and because I'm in the inner you know like I've been in music for so long 
I knew what she was doing. She was just trying to like, okay, don't mess with me, that kind of thing. So, so, uh, so I, so I went over to her. I was like, oh, I just started talking so far. Ended up sitting down together, and um, and so, so I, I would just on the regular do things like that. And I ended up dating like, you know, six and you know, really fantastic women. And uh, and then I stopped doing that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you win the cake. That is the yeah. We will. We are going to. Read it. <laughs> yeah. the best well, thanks. What would your personal uh, song be? It would be uh, "Unstoppable." I would, yeah. Um, on the "Unstoppable" album, like the the title song, um, that would be my theme song. If you can only take five things to a desert island. Only five things. Um, hmm. Well, let's see. Uh, my <laughs> saying, um, and uh, Lamar Williams, he, he was a former councilman in Portsmouth, Virginia, and, and a real estate you know, um, person, et cetera. But he has a saying, the saying that, all people need something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. Right? And so, so if I'm on a desert island, you know, and, and I were to apply uh, my uncle's lens to things, uh, I would, I would want to have someone to love with me. Right? Um, I would have, you know, my daughter and my family. I'd have uh, Spotify, <laughs> right? I'd take Spotify with me because um, of the podcast and the music. Um, and I take my laptop with all my downloaded books and courses. I have an extensive library of like, like, I mean, thousands of books. Um, and I take courses on different topics and different areas. So I, you know, I have um, spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on courses. And, um, and so I would, I would take those with me. And then I would take the bread pudding recipe from Grill Fresh here in LA. Oh my God, that bread pudding. I would take on an island me oh. bread pudding. Sounds delicious. Ugh. I'm gonna have to do. A, I'm gonna have to do 100 days of not having any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so if you're in LA, I'll, uh, you know, you let me know. Hit me up, and, and we'll go and get some. I'll introduce you to Real Fresh's uh, bread pudding. How about that? Okay. All right. Absolutely. All right. You can count on me for that. On me. On me. I'll treat. They know me well. They they know me well. I'll call and I say, hey, right. you're like the usual. Uh-huh. Yeah, the usual. Do you want one or two? Just one. Oh, see, that's that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the griddle. You've been to the griddle, right? Yeah. They the have that the um the pancakes that 
tastes like bread pudding, but not kind. I mean, I can't think of the name of them because the last time we were there, I had them, and it I was, was like, like a couple of years ago. Oh, I want to taste this. I can't think of the name, but go back Listen. and be like, "Can I have the pancakes?" Listen, y'all like probably pudding. have leftovers still. Yeah, <laughs> they give you so much oh, yeah. food yeah. there. Oh, oh my god, leftovers. like oh, one serving, like yeah. will feed a, a, a family. That, like, oh yeah, for real. It is. Oh, yeah. So we'll go to the griddle together. Okay. All right. There we go. There you go. There we go. All right. (laughs) If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, Erasing people's memory. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I want to erase people's memory um, of hurt, of pain. Um. Yeah, like that. Wow. That's awesome. That's a good one. So, what is the one piece of advice you would give people? Don't follow in my footsteps. Blade your own. And but but you can look at other people's footsteps, right? You can look at them, but create your own. Right. Footstep pathway. Go go the road that hasn't been traveled. Create value in places where there's a missing. And um, you know, like that. And so so okay, so I, I'll I'll answer it in a different way because I could answer this question like maybe 30 different ways. I'll just pick a, another path. Um one is is right. um you know experiment. Uh, with a lot of different, if someone wants to, to uh, you know, be in the music industry, um, you know, I would I would recommend them to get the Bell Ringer Branding Bible and do all the exercises on the second part of right. that book. The first half of the book is context, and then the second half. Uh, is Socratic method where there are lists of questions. There are like 100, maybe 120 questions on the second part of that book. And if you answer those questions, then you will be able to pathway. That's good. Yeah. That's very good. It is. So, in addition to all that you have going well, on, what's next? I'm uh, part of my 100 day challenge is to do 100 videos for uh, everybody coming into the challenge, and so, um, so that's that's what I'm that's what's now. Uh, what's next will be uh, releasing some music, and I'm thinking about doing a 100 day music challenge. And so I've been I've been flirting with that. And it's funny, um, you were talking earlier about being bilingual. Um, you know, some of my team members are like, you should do a Spanish challenge because Marcus, you need to learn how to how to speak Spanish. I've been doing I've been doing some songs and, and you know, with uh, some Spanish speaking artists and but I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, mm, maybe I'll do a Spanish you know, so so after I finish my complete my 100 videos uh, in the 100 day challenge, then the next thing is either going to be a music challenge or a Spanish challenge. So that's going to be next. 
that's yeah awesome well was it rosetta stone and dueling rosetta stone no no well yeah you didn't like rosetta stone but i mean Mm -mm. it's pretty good it's not well there's so many things out there that can help you speak spanish and Uh, yeah yeah you're gonna be my tutor spanish tutoring (laughs) (laughs) yep we'll we'll be your tutors (laughs) we got you we got your back hey you're gonna Fantastic. Well, well, that see, that's where the breakdown happened for me, because um, I did three years of Spanish in, in high school, but I didn't have anybody really to talk to, <laughs> so so it disappeared. <laughs> you know what the tr- see the trick is to if you don't have anyone to talk to, mm-hmm. watch Spanish novelas like the telenovelas. They're interesting. There's pretty girls. I mean, it's just a neat. And you know it's a it's a soap opera, so there's yeah, always drama. No, you you got into one. They're weird though. You got into one. I don't. I will stand by oh, the fact well, they're I, weird. For for well, uh, for being a participant in that content, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, did I just blast you on the podcast that you got into? No, you're obviously you know that. You know, and that's the other thing I would say. Um, re- really quick. Uh. I had to learn that, you know, part of articulating your value is when you do things, it's okay to say that you've done something. Right? Uh, you know, I, I right. when true. I think about my grandmother and, and right. you know, some, some of my, my family and the, those conversations of, like, you know, you want to be humble and don't, you know, you don't want to have people to, to be jealous and all that. So don't talk too much. Like all that's wrong. The only way people will know, um, you know, of what your value is, is when you communicate those things that you do that are valuable. Right. And so, yeah. So stand up, Gabriel. (laughs) You know, episode 203. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have you come back for part two. <laughs> yeah. All right. In addition, um, I'm sorry, uh, Gabriel just asked you that. What is the one thing that you want our audience to know about you? If you have one thing that you want them to remember about you, what is it? A hundred days. Do a hundred days. And make an impact in your life and other people's lives. If I could leave something in the world, I would leave that. That when someone says 100 days, that everyone knows that someone is is doing something that they've always wanted to do. And now they go for it. That they are taking on a structure to do it. And that's days with a Z, 100 days with a Z. Okay. That, that That they're going to really, um, you know, do it like they haven't done it before. They may have failed at it before. They may have not had a structure. They may have given up before, but, but now they're going to make a life change like that. So I would, I would leave that with an audience. And then the last thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm at bell ringer music across platforms. Um, but I would uh, say 
Let's go to 100 days <laughs> impact challenge. And that is the best way to uh, to really interact. Because um, then there's a direct interaction that can happen there. Right. So 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 I, I can be a part of your journey. Yeah, I can be a part of you know, what you're creating for yourself and your family and community in the world. And uh, so I, I prefer that in all uh, channels. I, I prefer being able to, to interact like you, like we're interacting here, right? Um, having that opportunity um, with, with the public mm-hmm. is, uh, is something that, you know, uh, that's important to me. So like that. That's awesome. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, thank thanks so much for, for joining you. us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We enjoyed having you. We truly enjoyed having you. All right. Well, thank you again. And guys, we're out. Are you guys ready to do your 100-day challenge? I know I am. Glad that we had Marcus on our show. And I know I learned a lot. See you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>